Derrickman and floor hands retort the precious ooze from a mass of torbanite, haze the ginzels on their first hitch, and pass a nipple to the mudman in the moon pool. I am so uncomfortably aroused right now. It's time to talk dull to me. I love it when my research just turns up utter nonsense that, of terms that are actually used. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's all, it's all jargon. That's all. Yeah, that's all it is, Nick. Yeah. Nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> Terrified. Welcome back. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A high-risk drilling operation in the newly discovered oil fields of Prog Rock, in which Motorman McGill and Subsalt Sade will prospect, drill, exploit, and export every single energy-rich track that monstrous band Jethro Tull ever produced. We will work as hard as we can on a long Big Bear bar, spread ourselves over the Palmer Petroleum play, and try to squeeze a few more barrels out of Blackleg Barlow. All to sate the ravenous economic needs of Ian Avarice Anderson. Yeah. That's, that's all I got. Yeah, that's what we are doing, actually. That's spot on. <laughs> yeah. Nick. Omen. It is a it is momentous uh, momentation here on the podcast. It is, it is. We are starting a brand new album. We have finally, finally excretated ourselves. <laughs> Extricated ourselves from the miasma of the uh, Heavy Horses bonus tracks. Is that like extract and excrete? Was that a... a- Yes, uh, yes. we were excreted finally after Gross. having passed through the digestive system oh. of the Heavy Horses bonus tracks. There's so much grass in here. They had four stomachs. <laughs> took a long time. That, okay, I guess that explains why it took a long time. But, however, before we get into this next album, Omen, do we have something yes. that we need to discuss? I think we do need uh, to play a quick round of... What are you drinking? No, mine is pretty boring. Um, mine is the same thing that I've had uh, as of late because I've been on a big kick. I'm having a little glass of Campari. A little Campari. few ice cubes and a delightful uh, grapefruit seltzer to go alongside of it. Grapefruit chaser. <sighs> What about you, Nick? What are you drinking? I have limited edition Southern Tier Brewing Company's Cold Brew Coffee Pumpkin Nitro. Oh my goodness. There's so many words in that beer. It's basically a pumpkin spice latte in beer form. It is. I don't know if you've ever had pumpkin. It is delicious. I have had pumpkin and I have had Southern Tier Brewing, both of which I enjoy. They are. They are very good. Mmm. Got the Foley. I brought a glass to get the full nitro effect here. Inside every microbrew swilling hipster is a basic white girl crying out for pumpkin spice latte. That's it. That's all I ever wanted in life. I don't know if any of this got picked up, but oh, it I smells just... really good in here now. This 4x4 four four booth smells 
like pumpkin spice, coffee. Mm. Oh, it's oh a delight. What a delight. Take, and, take a sip, Nick. And here Do we it. go. It's good and foamy. I want the review. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I expected. That is good. that is lovely. My younger brother and I went to a, a brewery. Or it's not a brewery. It is... It's called Finger Lakes on Tap in Tap in House, Skinny Atlas. It's a tap house of all local upstate New York, and oh, they that's so cool. they offered the pumpkin, plain pumpkin with with Southern Tears cold brew nitro, just their plain coffee nitro. Okay, and and that I, I'm assuming that's what inspired this because it boy howdy, it is it was a perfect combination, and this tastes just like that. It is delightful. Katie recently got some. Oat milk creamer that is pumpkin spice flavored, Ooh. and I don't normally go for things that have that have sweet flavors. I, I enjoy the bitter. Yep. But it is lovely in my espresso. In espresso, no less. In wow. small quantities, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a just a dollop. Yes. Yeah. Well, cheers. In, in Boca al Lupo, Omen. In Boca al Lupo. Mm-hmm. Mm. And with that out of the way, Nick. Yeah. Exciting new album. That's right. Storm Watch. We're on to Storm Watch. Got uh, we're not going to dive too far into details. We've got we've got a lot of info that we could we will get into over the coming weeks, but let's just go into some really preliminary stuff here. Yeah, go go ahead. So, Storm Watch was recorded on tw- a 24 track at Maison Rouge, August 78 through July 79. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It was, let's see, it was the first Tull record in a decade that failed to make the top 20 on either side of the Atlantic. Oh, Uh wow. Yep. It hit, based on the original release, in the UK, it was released September 21st, 79, peaked at 27. That's not bad. And released the same day in the US, peaked at 22. So pretty darn close. Yeah. Yeah. And regarding that long recording period, I think it's worth saying that there were some initial tracks laid down and then the band went on tour and went and did yeah. some work in America, came back and then decided to basically re-record everything. So yeah. it's a little bit of a false lead there. You know, it wasn't a year-long recording process exactly. Yeah, we uh, we'll, we can get into to I've got a, a couple of dates and timeframes and stuff we'll get into later on. But yeah, I think it's at this point we're still seeing them record kind of just knocking these things out you know yes and 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 it's there was the like you said there was that chunk of time in between where they they weren't actually recording and in terms of personnel it is the same as it has been Mm -hmm. however this album really marks the end of an era it really does yeah sadly john glasscock passed away due to heart complications Mm -hmm. after the recording of this album he only plays on three of the tracks of this album Ian Anderson played the bass for all the rest of the tracks. Except for Dave Pegg. Dave Pegg came in and did uh, track 14. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know that. Which actually 14 must have been one of the bonus tracks, I think, that is. Okay. Yeah. But Dave, yeah, Dave Pegg came in and then he he subsequently came on in the uh, for the, the following tour. Right. And this mm. is also the last time that we have Dee Palmer as an official Tull member. Oh my gosh, yeah. You're right. And also... Barrymore. John Evans, is it? Doesn't Barrymore leave too, or my my? Is that too early? Let's let's check. It's hard to know. 
while you're looking that up, we are talking North Sea oil today. That's right. Was recorded July of 79. It is, uh, Ian has said, it is about people flying in on helicopters and oil rigs breaking the skyline and the doubt of longevity of the oil industry. So a lot of a lot of what we've been hinted at before. Yeah, you were you were correct. Barrymore Barlow, John Evan, and Dee Palmer all. Yeah. This was their final album with the band. Oh my gosh! Because A is next, right? Everybody's gone, except for Martin. Well, uh, yeah, Martin was technically supposed to be gone un- until they realized they couldn't find a guitarist as good as Martin, and then they they well, brought him back on. Yes, classic mistake. I- impossible. Among other subject matters, the album touches heavily on problems relating to environment, oil, and money. Again, we've a lot of what we've been covering uh, up until this point. There was there were a handful of uh, UK singles from this album. One of which was "North Sea Oil" on one side, "Elegy" on the other. Ooh, composed by Dee Palmer. Dee Palmer, yep. And that was released September 21st, 79, which was the exact same. So they dropped that single the same day they dropped the the album proper. And mm. finally, pertaining to this, this track and Dunring Gill specifically, we have featuring the voice of the Thames TV weatherman, Francis Wilson. Oh. Who we'll hear about halfway through in the breakdown. Right. He's reading so the, the, what is it, the shipping... The shipping forecast or something. Yes, yes. It's a big, a big thing over in the UK. We don't have, right. I don't think we have anything like it over here. But yeah, we'll hear him here and in the opener of Dunring Gill. Well, Nick, I am literally dripping with anticipation. Gross. And I would love to <laughs> jump into listening to the first track off this album. I'm so excited to finally be back in, you know, known territory, an actual official album. Yeah, let's do it. Let's bust out of all all these bonus tracks and get into the kind of loosely themed of the the last of the loosely themed uh, folk triptych, the folk trio. Let's drill, baby, drill into our ear holes with the drill of this song. Oh, Nick. Woo. What a zesty pizza that was. Oh, my goodness. I don't think you and I have ever really talked much about Stormwatch at all. No, I don't think we have. I think that that was, I I think that maybe for me it was a bit of a later discovery or we always always wanted to talk about the, the earlier stuff. Yeah, I think it was either we kind of stopped talking around heavy horses and then didn't pick up until like crest or catfish. I think we I think we we jumped that chunk. Yeah, I agree. This this is a little bit of a a blind spot for us in terms of our youthful chats. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm assuming you like this song. Why would you assume that? Um the turgid erection I see right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting in the way of the microphone. Com- completely completely irrelevant, so no. <laughs> Germane to nothing. No, I I it's just it's it's a really good Martin song, first of all. Yeah. And it's just a rocker. It's a it's a good rocker and it's we're starting to get into that slightly darker sound. Yeah. I like it for those reasons and you are usually a little more generous in terms of the songs, except for those one or That's two true. instances where I'm just like gushing over it and you're like, "Meh, 
It's it's garbage. Uh, I wouldn't put it in my cat box. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song. I really, really enjoyed this song. From the first time I ever heard it, I mm. remember being kind of electrified by it. And there's something for me that is so delightful and sort of naughty almost about mm. the contrast between the clean, clean, clean sound and the dirty oozing topic. It's, yeah. It's so fun. It yeah. feels, I feel guilty listening to it. And it's, it's a hell of an opener too. Like what a great oh way to open gosh. an album. Yeah. Super, super solid. Musically, it just comes in right from the start and just it just goes right through. And thinking about the following song, like it slows down immediately after. But this whole thing really, even though there are some slower songs on this album, it really sets the pace to keep powering through. It doesn't ease you into it. You, no. you drop the needle on the record and Zamo. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't I certainly wouldn't start Stormwatch with Orion, you know. No. Actually, no, hang on just a second. I think this this is the first... No, never mind. I was going to say this is the first Tull album that is not that doesn't have a track named... That the album is not named after a track. Uh-huh. But that's, that's not true at all. The first three albums didn't. This was Stand Up and Benefit didn't. But, I mean, Aqualung, Thick as Brick, Passion Play, War Child, Minstrel, Too Old, Songs, and Heavy Horses all had title tracks but oh, this interesting point this one's not yeah it's it's a good one and it's setting up it's setting us up sound wise it's setting us up thematically to explore further into this album and even the title i mean when you say stormwatch immediately in an english context you are in the world of the nautical you're in the world of the the coasts yeah the north sea is famously stormy and very treacherous yeah celebrated for its danger when you're on an island, everything is a coast. When you're on an island, everything is dangerous. That's right. Yeah. Just ask Australia. Just ask JK. Literally everything is dangerous there. JK fears for his life. Every day. Every day. I fear for his life. Scorpions and giraffes and... Giraffes? <laughs> they're, they're venomous. Did you not know that? Oh, yeah. Oh, the venomous. I forgot about the venomous giraffes that yeah, they have in yeah, Australia. Okay. Sure. And then the album art, you know, mm. uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, no yep. doubt. But when you look into the binoculars, uh-huh. you can see the oil rig Yeah, that that is that the figure is looking at. So just the combination of Stormwatch, the title, and then North Sea Oil, the title, there are so many dynamic kind of images already happening here. It's so exciting. Right. And you 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 pick up this album, the vinyl. You pick up this vinyl for the first time. You you don't know much about it. You don't know what sound to expect. But you like you said, you see the 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 title of the song, the title of the album, the other titles of of the rest of the songs and that art, it is an all-encompassing, even though it's not technically a concept album. No, maybe it's a concept album. In, it puts in, in you a in a mood. Loose... I think it, it creates a a vibe and and a clear kind of constellation of images and, mm. and ideas. Yeah, in the sense that Aqualung was a concept album, I would say this is perhaps a concept album. I will allow it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll I'll slip that ten dollars into your door. And, uh... Yep. Musically, what do you got for notes on music on this bad boy? Oh my gosh, it's such a brilliant opener for the following reasons. 
One, the sound is super clean. And, yeah. you know, we're not just talking about the Steve Wilson remix. Even when you go back and listen to the quote unquote original, the, you yeah. know, the CD that we had, which was probably remastered anyway. Yeah, right, right. The sound itself is so clean. The playing is so clean. The composition is so clean. So you can really hear every single instrument. And it has that very clear, very distinct musical theme. Mm. That was got Scatman Carruthers over here. Look at that. (laughs) Listen, I'm doing the jazz club in 30 minutes. Like I said earlier, this is this is a very good Martin song. His guitar is super sweet, super electric. Got some nice rip and flute that we've come to expect from Ian. But even there, there's another level of precision where, you know, he has, I feel like he has refound the passion of the flute. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. But coupled with a much more precise approach to it mm. and a much more articulate embouchure. Yeah. There's, there's a cleaner attack to it, but it's still, that doesn't, that doesn't limit the kind of the grungy, the quick, the the sloppiness that we hear with it. The the it makes it, it he keeps it personal. He's personally playing this. He's not paying anyone to play the flute for him. He's personally <laughs> play, he's personally playing the flute. And and excuse me, would you out. blow into this flute while I finger the keys? <laughs> mm, yes. People pay a lot of money for that. Blowatron. Aside from from those two instruments though does anything else stick out to you in terms of uniqueness or or uh, other than the overall ensemble of like clean does anything else jump out at you music wise the the drums jump out to me they're really fun they're really there's some really great kind of offbeat accents that very yeah. drops in there that are really exciting and drive the whole thing forward particularly at the very end as they're closing up after all of the lyrics and everything yes. when they're closing up and they're kind of winding out Barry comes forward really strong and it's it's really nice there he's he really takes the forefront to lead us out yes the other thing that's fun about this is that while it's very clean it does i believe it's in 5/4 time or mostly oh, okay in, mostly in 5/4 so that's what gives it that kind of like kind six of herky. wheeled vehicle with yeah. one square wheel feeling to it. Kind of, kind of a, a bit of a wobble, kind of herky jerky. Yeah, I get that. But a flirty herky jerky. A flirty herky jerky. No, I, got, I was going to say jerky. Again. It's perky. It's, it's perky. It's, it's a perky it's, herky jerky. It's... <laughs> now, now enjoy this too, Ferky. Now, don't uh, jerk your herky if you're feeling perky. <laughs> I don't have anything else musically about this. I think it's, like you said, it's solid, it's clean and everything. But for the most part, this is an ensemble piece. I've got a couple little more tidbits. Oh, please give them to me. There's also a really great example of Ian harmonizing with his own voice on Price's Boom in Aberdeen. Yeah, I did did catch those. Not not sort of what we sometimes hear, which is him just like, weirdly sort of speak singing the line underneath yeah. it but right, genuinely right. doing a pretty harmony yeah kind of kind of like trying to kind of sing down the octave or because his speaking voice is just just low enough below his singing voice that he, he kind of gets away right, with it right no in this case i think he's actually singing up the octave 
Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, and it's a it's a cool sound that we don't I we haven't heard that much before. Shall we talk lyrics, Nick? Just before we get into lyrics, Omen, you told me to remind you last week mm-hmm. a story yes. about how your family has some connection to North Sea oil by marriage. All right. So, yes. Let me take you back to last month when it was my first anniversary with my wife. Yay. We made it a year. No one ever had any doubt. But, you know, the first anniversary, the traditional first anniversary present is paper. So I went online and found her an antique map of England. Because she and is, she is, her family Because is she is an antique. Yeah. No, because, <laughs> no, because, because she yes, because bones. she is English. She was born in England. Her family is all from England. She grew up in the States, but she's, she's English. And, and we, uh, we both love maps. And, uh, and I thought it'd be nice for her to have a map of, of her homeland. So I was able to find this really lovely map from the mid 1800s of 1850, 1860, and got it sent over. And her, she, she really loved it. And her parents happened to be in England when around the time that I gave it to her. And so we showed it to them over FaceTime. And it suddenly became this really fun thing of I was holding my phone up to the map and they were saying, oh, well, let's see if the town that we're in is on the map. Oh, yes, there it is. Or like, what, what about the town where, where you were born, Rick? Oh, yes, <laughs> here's, here it is. And we were going around and I, and I said, well, what about the town where Katie's mom's family is from? Ellesmere Port. And they all said, oh, no, it wouldn't be on there. Huh. And I said, well, wh- why not? I mean, there are some other small towns. They said, oh, no, Ellesmere Port didn't exist at that time. Wow. Because it was a town that grew up around the oil industry. Sure. And that was such an, a moment for me because I am used to thinking about it in terms of everything in America is new. Everything in England is old. Yeah, right. And it was right. a wonderful reminder to me that even in countries that have been established for longer than ours has, there are changes and these big economic, you know, factors will yeah. disrupt and create new towns. So the town that that Katie's mom's side of the family is from literally only exists because of the big oil boom. Now, it's on the it's on the other side of England. Most of most of the oil reserves are off the east coast of England and okay. and Scotland. And but there are some on the west coast where this town is. See, I would expect it to be more like you just you pick the closest town. You don't establish a town. You just pick the closest town and go from there. Well, but with oil, you need so much new technology to refine it and, and new you know, space to to build all this stuff in. Yeah, exactly. And you might need new, more facilities that that either don't exist or the space that they could exist are taken up by existing facilities sure, right, or other right. industries. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It is there there is no there's nothing small about the footprint when it comes to to oil work. Yeah. Except for the toes. Except for the toes. They are tiny oddly, little oddly stubby enough, toes. Tiny. Tiny toes. All right. Lyrically Yeah, before we dive into the lyrics, should we just talk a little bit about North Sea oil, the the thing, the concept. Sure, sure, sure. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm here. The existence of oil in the North Sea was known about 
back in the 1850s. Okay. There were some mining operations where they would mine down on land and then out under the sea for things like- Oh my like God, no. Coal? No, <laughs> never. Go, That's insane. That doesn't sound appealing to you? No. <laughs> no, me neither. And there were some uh, kind of experiments where they would find what I believe is called oil shale. It's basically rock. Oh, sure. It's like oily yeah. rock. And somebody yeah. figured out, oh, we can extract a small amount of oil from this rock. Cool. So they knew that there was oil there. Then they they discovered that there was gas in the area, natural natural gas reserves. And my understanding is that it was during the exploration into gas reserves that suddenly somebody struck an oil reserve and they were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. But the North Sea is so treacherous, so windy, so stormy that it was not economically viable to really exploit this resource until there were some attempts in the 1960s, but there were like... There was an instance of somebody building an oil rig and everyone was very excited about it. And then it collapsed and 13 people were killed and it was a very big downer. But by the 70s, there was, as many of our listeners may recall, a uh, in 1973, there was an oil crisis, a worldwide oil crisis, which caused mm. the price of oil to quadruple. Woof. And so suddenly it started becoming very much more attractive to start researching how to get the oil out of the North Sea. Sure, sure. A couple of years later, in 79, there was another oil crisis which caused that already high price of oil to triple again. Oh my gosh. And so now they're like, well, there's money in this now. There's serious money. And so they started putting lots and lots of money into research and development of techniques for extracting those, those resources to the point where the money being spent on developing how to put an oil rig in the North Sea exceeded the budget of how to put a man on the moon. Wow. Twas expensive, but profitable. So it wasn't a matter of like, oh my gosh, gas is so expensive. We need to find how to get more of it so we can alleviate it for the consumer because these these poor Americans and, and pe- these poor people all across the world are suffering at these oil prices. No, it's like, I want to be able to charge people that much. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's what cool. that's what people are paying for oil? We'd be losing money not Super. to endanger the lives of hundreds of people as they dig for this stuff. Great. Yeah. To go back to shale oil that you were saying, shale, Let's oil, go back to shale oil is commonly it, it, there there are shale I guess it's just called a shale. So yeah, there are are shales of shale mm. oil. Up here in, up in, in upstate New York, there's Marcellus and Utica shale slates. That oh, I mean, there there are little uh, little pumps and wells around here. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the thing. You know, often in these songs in the past, and what we're sort of getting into with the theme of this song, as these booms and busts of the oil right. industry. Part of that is because there are so many factors when you are trying to exploit a resource like this that. You know, okay, you find a patch of oil, you get out all that you can, and then to get the next level, like the next level down from it, you have to basically invent a new technology. Uh, Exactly, yeah. That's been the innovation for these last 60, 70 years of of oil is like, oh, well, this this little oil, Derek, doesn't, doesn't do it, but we know there's more down there. How do we get there? How do we get it? Yeah. But in but in the meantime, you lay off all the people who worked on that oil rig. 
Right. You'd think they'd be. No, I guess you wouldn't. I was going to say you'd think they'd be proactive about it, but no. I would care. never think no. that, Nick. That all ties into this general this general thesis of this song. I mean, it's it's what through those those few bonus tracks that we saw from Heavy Horses, it all kind of ties into this idea of the big official oil commentary that we're getting here in right. in North Sea oil. That's right. You know, but if if the perspective of everything in our lives is more from the point of view potentially of a worker who might think that they can get rich off of this industry. Yeah. This is really more of a, a bird's eye view or a really like binocular poetical view of it. I mean, it really is Ian looking through a, a pair of glasses at this whole thing. And I, I like the idea of of calling it a bird's eye view because there's there's a certain disconnect in this song. There's not really any I feel like there's no commentary here of like whether this is good or bad. It's really just a statement of fact of 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 life around those in this area. I would argue that the commentary that exists is not so much to be found in the lyrics themselves, but in the presentation of it. Mm, okay. If you listen to the way that he sings, a lot of commentary, I think, in that one word. You're saying the there is a... He's kind of putting on the character of like a, a grubby, like someone who loves the oil, but but in doing so, in doing so, it's it's satire. I don't even know that he's putting on a character in this okay. song. I think it's more that his just his presentation of the the vocal quality that he uses to sing the word oil. You know, it's not it's, an ode. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It feels it feels like feels grubby and and slimy to me yeah in terms, totally in terms of not necessarily embodying the oil but embodying the person who's excited about the oil oh it could be yeah yeah, yeah. almost that the grossness of the oil has polluted the voice of the one speaking about it you yeah. can hear it dripping off of them yeah yeah as it as it kills seabirds and oh my gosh there was and, just another oil spill off in of california like i know this week yep yeah, like a couple hundred feet of pipe just buried in concrete, just just shifted, and they think they think an anchor hit it and pulled it and and broke it. And I saw an article that like there are scientists saying that like this oil will literally be here forever. Like yeah. there's there's like yeah. we can't just dump dawn in here and make it go away. No, no, no. But what, I mean, well, what if you what if you put the ocean in the in the dishwasher, ran it maybe twice? But I think I th- I think you're onto something. You know. Seagulls are very absorbent. <laughs> so it's very just absor- put we'll a lot in there, drop them in the, uh, drop yeah. them in, in the, the dishwasher. Cause yeah, I mean, you can't put the ocean in the dishwasher open. I no, mean, that, I that's just absurd. But a seagull. You can now, fit. Let's... I could fit at least six seagulls in my dishwasher. I um, would love to see you try. <laughs> we touched on North Sea oil. We also yeah. touched on North Sea gas. Fun fact. There is a band called North Sea Gas, and they are a Celtic-influenced folk band. Oh. And they're great. I listened to a couple of tracks earlier today. They're fantastic. Interesting. I will look them up. What have you been saying, lads? What have you been saying, What have you been saying, lads? 
Come ye by Killy Cranky O And if ye had been what I have been Ye wouldn't have been say Cranky Yeah. Not a tall cover band? Not like Mother Goose or whatever? No. Mother Gas? Mother, mother Gas. A thousand, upon ten thousand Mother mothers. Gas. A song for ten thousand Mother Gasses. Gassy Mothers. Gassy Mothers. Oh. Let's talk about the lyrics. Let's jump in here. Yes, please. Please, please. Black and viscous bound to cure blue lethargy. Black and viscous bound to cure blue lethargy. Yeah. So what is mm. what is lethargy? Lethargy is a state of being tiredness, not having any energy, the inability to get up and do things. I think you hit the keyword, a lack of energy. <gasps> that's what it is right there. Yep. So that's like literally we don't have the energy resources because of the crisis, but also economically, you know, there's lethargy that you could describe an economy as being lethargic. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But theoretically, this black and viscous element is bound to cure that. Yeah, totally. But blue is blue is, I mean, to me, it, it it's the ocean. That's blue, right? Yeah. I wonder. Blue is also sad, you know? I mean. I wonder if that's a political reference. I wonder if, you know, I don't know in England if the parties identify themselves by color, whereas here in the States, we need things to be simple, primary color coordinated because we're children. But I wonder if, right, blue, red, yeah. Right. You know, so was it that one political side of things was saying oh no you know this is the way to have the economy and it wasn't working and so and that was the blue side and now we're sure we're right. cure the blue lethargy yeah well i i think our we have blue and red because of the the flag you know and i i don't think england is nearly as rabid about their flag as we are i in fact no nearly no country getting is, there is new york thank you boris johnson yeah He's it's, hum, hum, hum. Mm, hum. Sugar Plum hum. Petroleum for Energy. I love that it's the implication that it's sweet and fantastical uh-huh. and it'll give you energy. Yeah. And also Sugar Plum Petroleum. The petroleum always makes me think of patrolling. So sugar plum patrolling for energy, just always looking for more energy, you know, and sugar plum fairy, you know, you've got these dainty things from uh, Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker, sugar plum fairies, these, these people always looking for more, you know, never, never be satisfied because you're going to run out. I don't know. I just the term petroleum always sounded like patrolling to me. So that's, that's kind of We're just patrolling connection. Lum. Yeah. Patrolling lum for energy. Yeah. I also think that sugar plum and petroleum is a fantastic. Oh, rhyme. sure. Yeah. His, oh my gosh, his, his playing with rhyme scheme and verse yes. in this song is, is some of the best we've seen to date. It's yeah. really good. It's really, really good. Tightrope balance payments need a small reprieve. Oh, please believe we want to be yeah. in North Sea oil. Yeah. 
those triptychs. He's got a couple of those three, like, bum, 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 like, bullet points. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. They're so really yeah. good there. Yeah. So, I mean, then there again, we have the economical, we have the economics angle that this is being presented or this is viewed as something that's going to cure everything. Sure. We need, this is going to fix it. Oh, yeah. And I do think that that's how it was presented. It was presented as, an, and we see that happening today. Like, oh, this oh, sure. is going to be a silver bullet. Yeah. That I, I can't remember the last time there was actually a silver bullet, but I mean, I'm sure that, that everyone, I mean, hell, the, what's it, no, the, the Theranos lady who's, who's on trial right now that lied to every single investor and everybody oh, and sure. said that she, like, she came up with a blood test that could diagnose like everything. And she right, was right. absolutely full of shit. Like the, she had no basis behind it. But she, I mean, that's, that's what capitalism rewards is like, I'm going to lie until I can make it happen. And it turns out she just got busted before she could make it happen. When I was still in New York City, there was this big push to get a, an Amazon warehouse in Queens. Yeah. And oh my God, the argument nightmare. was always, it was nothing, it never deviated from, we're going to create this many jobs. We're going to pay this much an hour. It's going to be amazing to have this many jobs coming in. Yeah. And because it's New York, people are very suspicious. And Yeah, right. And there were. Lots of reports, you know, coming in from other cities where they had fallen for this being like, don't do it. This yeah. is what they're going to try to sell you. This is the reality. Yeah. And there is no such thing as a silver bullet, except if you take a silver coin, melt it, pour it into the mold of a bullet, and then fire it at a werewolf. That's it. That's the trick. But, but you know what? Maybe use your words first. Yeah. Just just talk. Talk things out. Every single D&D encounter I get into, Omen... As the charisma-based character that I am, I always try to talk it out. Because you can't talk after you fight, but you can fight after you talk. I always try to use my charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent whenever I can. Yeah, I'm, I'm so ashamed of you. Okay, newfound wealth sits on the shelf of yesterday. Oh my gosh. Ah, I love the way that that's phrased because what oil, I mean, what is oil, Nick? Where does it come from? Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs and more accurately, the plant life on which well, they subsisted. Yeah, sure. Dinosaurs are more romantic than the plants. Oh yes. They will always take you out for a starlit dinner. <laughs> Candlelight. Oh my God. A single strand of spaghetti when you're, when your lips touch their scaly lips. Oh my God. <laughs> So, but literally those biomasses, you know, were sitting on a shelf of rock and it over time got compressed yeah. and became oil. So it's, li I mean, it's literally sitting on the shelf of yesterday. Right. Yeah. That's a good point is they call those shelves. Right. The strata. And yeah. there are layers of them. And there's the way that they talk about the different oil regions. They talk about the Jurassic oil and the Cretaceous oil and all that. Yeah. Hot air balloon inflation soon will make you pay. So I love that, you know, we've heard the, we've heard everything on the plus side and now we're hearing a little bit of the, you know, the, the bad reality behind it. Hot air right. balloon inflation soon will make you pay. Riggers rig and diggers dig their shallow grave, Oof. but we'll be saved. And what we crave in North Sea Oil. oil.
Yeah, it's not. See, I I don't want to. I don't think it's negative here. I think it's really just the reality of the situation. It's two sides of the same coin. And, you know, we're we as consumers are so far enough removed that like, well, you know, you can throw up your hands and say, well, they chose to be oil rigsmen or whatever the heck they're called, you know. So so who am I to complain or who am I to to get judgmental going to their death? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Let alone like completely ignoring their their monetary and economic situation and and. The right, kind of right. the, the strong forces that created those situations. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, oil rig work, especially in the North Sea, is incredibly dangerous because sure. of the conditions, because right. of the because of everything. And so it was not uncommon for people to die in all kinds of horrible ways. Right. You're not in the Gulf of Mexico, which is also stormy, but at least it's warm, you know. <laughs> right. And the storms come at regular predictable intervals sure yeah in the north sea you've got norway over here you've got scotland over here it's two coasts that are very jagged and so the storms just go sort of like yeah and who who knows what currents are are moving things along as well yeah certainly not i you certainly don't know i think around this time we get into this is when we get francis wilson's voice again reading like a little snippet of of the, yes. the shipping, whatever, Just whatever. after this. Yep. But I want to go back a line, Nick. Oh, okay. What do you make of the hot air balloon inflation soon will make you pay line? Well, I think it's, again, it's just the reality of life. It's the reality of the way it is. Is like, I mean, we've seen oil prices go up and we've seen oil prices go up. So get ready to pay more. You know, eventually it's going to happen. Right. Because if you're making a profit off of selling oil, because oil is very high, yeah. the more that you profit off of oil because the, the higher the price is, the more everything else is going to cost more because everything relies on petroleum from transport to industry to right. everything. Let alone plastics. I mean, everything is made of plastic now, and plastic is just petroleum too. Yeah. So, I mean, we have built our, our lives around oil consumption in one yeah. form or another. We have. Now, let's talk about the voice of the the shipping man. Sure. I did not know that that was anybody special. I, To be honest, I just thought it was Ian Anderson. It sounds I thought like it was Ian, Ian Anderson. Anderson as well. <laughs> I have no idea what he's saying. I was going to ask you, what yeah. is he saying? Yeah, I, I have no clue. I mean, I suppose we could look up like examples of the shipping. I think, what's it called? The shipping forecast? I think it's just That's weather because he was a meteorologist. Yeah, but it's a it's a special it's special weather. It's niche weather, yeah. It's niche weather. So the shipping forecast is a BBC radio broadcast of weather reports and forecasts for the seas around the coasts of the British Isles. And that's where we leave the PM program on Long Wave for this afternoon. It was presented by Evan Davis, studio direction was by Hannah Montgomery, and the editor was Amanda Lewis. Of course you find just the credits. Expected Fitzroy, 1,023 by midday tomorrow. The area forecasts for the next 24 hours. Viking, north at Sierra, south at Sierra, 40s. Southerly or southwesterly, 4 to 6. Occasionally 7 in Viking and north at Sierra. Perhaps scale 8 later in north at Sierra. Occasional rain, fog patches, moderate or good, occasionally very poor. Chromatine, 4th. 
It's my new bedtime podcast. That'll put you right to It's better than white noise. So there's no temperatures. It's just like, yeah, it'll be okay. <laughs> Sail your boat. It'll be fine. It'll be mild, right. moderate. Well, I think that, Boy. and I think that each of those words has a very specific definition in, in the context. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I did not. I did not understand anything that that man said. But no. But God bless him. You know. So I mean, it's been it's been around forever. So it's got to be valuable. I mean, it says right here in the Wikipedia article in August 2017, Radio Four celebrated the service's 150th anniversary. Well, I mean, if you are a country that exists as a big island, essentially almost, you know, there are so many things that you do, do, so many processes, so many economical events that happen that are determined by the weather. I mean, look what happened to the Spanish Armada, Nick. Let's never forget the Spanish Armada. If they had had a weather report like this, history could have been totally different. So... As soon as you have something like a radio, the first thing that you would be inclined to do with it is broadcast the shipping weather. Right. Makes total sense to me. And also let forget the like the the, the industry of, of shipping, but just if you're an island, everything is coming to you on boat. Literally. Until Absolutely. I mean obviously until planes. But I mean not much is shipped. But that's by affected planes. by the weather as well. Also true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but for for the most part, it's a lot cheaper to move stuff by boat. So yeah, you yeah, that's right. You got to pay extra to get it flown. So yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty valid. You know, I I realize I've been sort of resistant to your idea that it's being presented with this almost sort of clinical detachment. Mm. But I think that the inclusion of the shipping mm. report mm. kind of backs that up. Yeah, because. The shipping report is never, oh my God, there's a big bad storm coming. Yeah. Like, we're going to have lovely good weather. Go out and picnic. It's literally, here's the temperature here. The wind is at this direction. Yep. And over here, the sea is at this many knots per kilometer. And sure. You do. It's, it's facts. R- regardless of condition or good or bad, it's always with a, a straight, spitting, s- straight, straight delivery. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you thought of that to back. My theory. I appreciate. I appreciate you doing my work. <laughs> hey, somebody, somebody's got to. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> and then after that, kind of the weatherman breakdown. Yep. Which is my new, my new favorite rock and roll technique. Oh, so good. We have prices boom in Aberdeen and London town. Ten more years to lay the fears, ease the frown before we are all nuclear. The better way. Oh, let us pray. We want to stay in North Sea oil. things before you go it's erase the frown not ease the frown oh thank you it's also pronounced nuclear not nuclear george bush what did i say nuclear 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 what's the actual word nuclear 
That sounds wrong. Nuclear. Look at how it's spelled, you you savage. I never look at how it's spelled. <laughs> nu- nuclear. Nu- nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> Where is Aberdeen? Aberdeen's in Scotland. Yep. It is a port city in northeast Scotland where the Dee and Don rivers meet the North Sea. I love that there are two rivers called Dee and Don. <laughs> yeah. That probably means river and other river. I'm going to go surfing on Margaret and take a raft down Barry. <laughs> I'm D. <Dee. laughs> yes. Uh. Aberdeen must be either a financial center or a town that had serious dealings with the, you know, was seriously involved with the oil production. Well, yeah, it's a port town. So it's probably receiving a whole lot of something and will therefore be much more dramatically affected by those those weather reports about the North Sea oil or about the North Sea rather. Well, and in terms of the line, it might be the place that sets the price of oil. If that's where the refineries are, they might be saying, all right, the oil cost us this much to get in. We're going to then charge this much for it per barrel to go out. Right. But I think you also have to pay to come into port and offload. So it, it could be anything. Sure. But, but also also that. Yeah. And that's the thing is like when it's when it comes to it's the beauty of capitalism. If you've got a lot of stuff coming to you, you can set the prices for your service. It's interesting that even in this song, they're not saying this boom is going to last forever. It's acknowledged, you know what, 10 years and we're out, it's going to be great. You know, we're going to make a ton of money. Probably a bunch of people will die, but it's going to be 10 good years. And then, you know, by that time, it'll all yeah. be nuclear anyway. So stop stop worrying. Enjoy it while it lasts. Let's hope. Let us pray. We want to stay in North Sea oil. Right. We hope it can be longer than 10 years. Right. Yeah. No promises. Enjoy it while it lasts. And I'm wow. sure that was that was probably the mantra of every big oil tycoon that existed at that time. It's so short-sighted. I mean, it it, it kind of had to be for oil, didn't it? You know. Well, I mean, I guess fossil fuels writ large are a short-sighted proposal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For, forget finite. wind, which is always there, or the sun, which is always there. Or my sense of guilt from my childhood, which, which is will always. never go away. <laughs> Boy, if we could power just just a couple of homes with that omen, we would be we would make bank. That well, the great. problem is you can't hook it up to any electrical network without blowing it out. This is too much. It's too powerful. We hook it up to more houses. You know, we we work out a power yeah. dispersion system, oh. and then every now and then we just have your mom call you to recharge things, and we'd be good. <laughs> During the summer, yeah, dead of the winter. <laughs> Love it. Nick, anything else about North Sea Wheel? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's I think it's the culmination of what we've seen with those bonus tracks. And I think it it really speaks for itself, especially having seen those other pieces. Really, it's just kind of the the end to that that story. Had we not seen those bonus tracks, I think we could, I think there'd be more to get into that we had gotten into previously in those other ones. But we've, we've kind of talked about this already, you know? In a way, those bonus tracks were sort of the raw, unrefined shale. That's it. Dug up from the depths of Ian Anderson's psyche and observation. And this is the result. This is the, the super pressed, refined gasoline 
with cleaning products added for your engine. Yeah. Ian has has drunk the Kool-Aid and is is all about oil now. He's drunk the oil and he's all about oil now. He's all he's all about going to the doctor immediately. Immediately his his organs are shutting down. But again, I don't think this is Ian proponent of oil. I think it is no, if anything the opposite. Yeah. yeah. I think it's that the needle is right between anti and and tongue in cheek not commenting, you know. Right, right, right. By way of satire not commenting. Which, as we said before, Ian is kind of a master of, of saying, oh, I'm going to oh, paint you this picture without revealing my own position. Yeah. Yeah. Look at how idyllic it is. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it great? Let's enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> but that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a very. I, I, I love this song. It's great. It's I'm good. very excited. It's super about solid. Song. Yeah. You know the next song, right? What's coming up? I think it's Orion. It is Orion. That it is. One of the only tracks on which Mr. Glasscock played. Correct. Yeah. Let's try to remember to listen specifically for bass, just as a, as a final memory and homage for, for sweet Mr. Glasscock and his talented yeah. fingers. Yeah. I, I think he's got two more on this album proper. Yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll have to find which ones they actually are. We will listen to him next week on Orion. Until next week. You know, the best way to cure blue lethargy is to subscribe to our Patreon. $5 a month gets you a whole slew of things. Bonus content from us, the Moms. Prices are rising all across the country. But the price of our Patreon has always been $5 a month. It's perfect. It's perfect. And we're not, you know what? We're not raising prices on our merch either. So get in on that. We may yeah. have to. In about 10 years, we may raise the prices on our merch. But right now, enjoy those prices. The well of Talk Tall to Me is only so deep. So yeah. you'd better buy it while it's hot. Sugar plum. In my bum. In my bum. Sugar Plum, five stars for energy. Yes. <laughs> tastier than the last. And Hot Air Balloon, inflation of reviews. Let's see an inflation of reviews. Let's see a lot of hot air coming our way. Please. Please, that works. <laughs> Until next week, I am the plant life which has been crushed under unimaginable stress for thousands of years, Omen Sade. <laughs> I am the incalculable and unexpected fiery storm that is Nick McGill. We are the new city that springs up when you least expect it. Feckless Momes. And this is the nuclear better way. Talk tall to me. Yeah.
in Rockall, Malin, and the Hebrides. There is southerly veering westerly with occasional sunshine. There is a ray of sunshine right now, and it's gone. Gone forever, never to be seen again. Southerly or southwesterly, four to six, occasionally seven in Viking and North Utsire. Perhaps gale eight later in North Utsire. Moderate, occasionally rough in Viking and North Utsir, and slight at times in the South Uster and Forties. Occasional rain, fog patches, moderate or good, occasionally very wankerish. South or kind of south, three, maybe five, sometimes six in Cromarty, slightly or more than slightly, occasionally some drops of water falling from the sky. South or southeast, three to five to seven to eight to ten to forty-six, and all numbers upward of one hundred and eight, occasionally moderate in Dodger and Fister. Golden showers, fog patches, and except in Fisher and German bite. German bite very hard, bad German bad. Moderate or good or bad or just absolutely terrible, occasionally very poor, except in Fisher and Fisher Price. Cyclonic in the southeast, colonic in the northwest, otherwise uh, absolutely spitting, three to five, occasionally six in the east, moderately rough, oh yes, rough, give it to me, yes, yes, yes. If you are in Trafalgar in the southeast, otherwise northerly, do not go outside. I repeat, do not step foot outside. You will die a horrible, screaming death. There is predicted a vast talk to me, which, as you all know, is a proud member of the Northeast Feckless Moms Southerly Network. 